I'm uh, Sino Soemian, I'm, I'm your host for today. Uh, today I'm joined by uh, our regular regular panellists, uh, Pasha Hajian, Pejman Pars and uh, Bobak Gulriz. Guys, how are you doing? It's great to speak to you. Appreciate us uh, having this conversation again. It's good to see Bobak back after a while and Pejman. Um, we're all directors of Golders and it's good. Looking forward to speaking to you guys again. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so after a, a long anticipation, finally the uh, the final round of uh, World Cup qualifications started. Um, uh, we are, as you know, we are grouped with uh, South Korea, uh, Uzbekistan, Syria, China, and Qatar. And our first game uh, took place on on uh, on Thursday uh, against Qatar at home. Um, so. Before we go into detail in terms of the game, what were your expectations about this game? Uh, especially because it's always important to get a, to start with a win, uh, because historically, uh, since the AFC changed the format to how it is right now, uh, any team that lost its first game don't usually end up qualifying for the World Cup. So it was really important for us to to start uh, with a win. But uh, what were your expectations going into the game, uh, Bob? I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, to be honest, uh, I was feeling positive. I felt the training. What I'd read about training camp earlier in Italy seemed to be uh, good vibes from the team and K. Roche. Uh, I was expecting a tight game. When I looked at uh, doing some research before the game, I noticed quite a few new players for Qatar compared to a couple of years ago when we played them uh, during the Asian Cup, I think. So I was a bit surprised by that. But... Uh, I still expected a tight game and probably up edging it. Um, when the game started, it turned out to be a little bit different for me. But I'm very, very happy with the result because I think it was at least two bonus points for us. Pejman, as you know, we are uh, after the game against Qatar. We've, we've got uh, two very difficult away games. So, of course, as I said, you know, a win was important. But uh, how important do you think that result is going further into the uh, into the qualifications? Uh, I think it's really important because uh, most of us had calculated with an Iranian win against Qatar at home and at least a draw in Doha. Uh, having not won in uh, Qatar, in, in Ozadis Stadium, would have put some extra pressure on Iran and maybe even uh, put them in some shock and which could affect the game against uh, China. So, as Bobak said, it's two really, oh, actually, it's three really important points, two extra points. Uh, so, this game could very well be the one that uh, puts, us, puts uh, Iran ahead when the all, when all games have been uh, played. Absolutely, and uh, I think uh, heading into the game, uh, there was a lot of doubts over 
over who would, who would start in specific positions. I think we could probably guess eight out of eleven mm-hmm. uh, starting eleven, but uh, there were a few uh, doubts over who would start in specific positions. But Pasha, was were there any surprises for you uh, in the starting lineup? Yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, I pretty much expected that be to the lineup or even Mortiza to play as center back. Um, but for me, the surprise was Todd and me. Um, I didn't expect him to play out wide, even though probably Bobak sometimes thought that, you know, he was playing the middle. But I felt like Ashkan was playing the middle. Um, I thought that was probably one of his poorest games, Todd and me. Um, I think it's just a position that he's being forced to play there. Um, I believe he was up against Pedro, and they're both full backs of Qatar did well. Um, I was just really surprised to see Tarami there. I thought presumably it would have been probably Amiri, um, as, but as we know, he's been very, very poor, you know, and uh, or even Torabi. So I think that was just a mismatch that um, Karish did. Um, no disrespect to Guam or anything, but I mean, I remember Tarami was playing brilliantly in that position, um, but it was against a side like Guam. But uh, interesting enough, uh, one thing I do want to pinpoint is that I think this was like Ezatulay's first start again, um, you know, alongside Andran and Taimurian. Usually we see him with Omide Ebrahimi. And, um, but nonetheless, uh, we could have predicted the lineup or even the goalkeeper. We could have said it could have been Hayekli. But as we know, his current situation, the club wasn't going well. He wasn't getting any minutes. But um, nonetheless, this was a vital win. We got two back-to-back um, away matches that are very, very difficult. And, and then we have South Korea at home, so this one was vital. But um, clutching an injury winner um, was probably the greatest sweetness that could happen to any Iranian. And um, But nonetheless, um, I didn't really appreciate the antics that happened after the match. I mean, with Nekunam and all that, but um, a, a win is a win, end of the day. But um, still, we have a lot of improvement to do. Um, but I think that Kairos and the team definitely underestimated him. We, did, we definitely disrespected them in the way that... Um, we felt like we could just easily get a win, and uh, we we got proven wrong, especially in front of hundred thousand fans. You you mentioned Tarimi there, and that was going to be my next question. Um, not a lot of us expected Tarimi to start. Uh, it's it's not something he hasn't done before. Carlos Queiroz has usually started with Tarimi down uh, down the left or even on the right, even though he's a centre forward. But uh, I mean, me personally, I expected him to start a winger on the left, so it was a bit surprising to see Tarimi. Um, but I know maybe he's got it wrong. But what do you think the, th- the thinking behind playing Tartami on the left was? Uh, was it to support uh, Osmoon or, or was there any other thinking behind it, Bobak? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Basically, it's someone with a goal-scoring capability, and he's proven it for Iran in the past. Uh, someone who can pop in and score a goal, uh, probably not a conventional winger, he's not a winger at all. Uh, I just feel that overall, during his uh, time with Team Medley, he still hasn't really looked comfortable, despite the goals he may have scored or the uh, impact he has had in terms of the final output. The opponents have not been the best, and I feel that he's still trying to find himself, and his position isn't clear because Ashkan would drift towards the left, go towards the right, and then uh, get space into the middle. But Tarimi was kind of static. He wasn't moving or making runs. He, he, he looked a little bit out of his depth. And uh, I haven't been impressed with him for uh, Iran yet, to be honest. And I wouldn't like to see him start the next game or uh, uh, unless it's going to be in his own position where, where he could be closer to Azmoon and maybe play two men up front, but then probably Gucci would be my preferred choice. 
Yeah, I think it was one of uh, a few poor performing, uh, performers in, in that game. But another surprise in the lineup was uh, Alireza Beylanland in goal. I mean, um, as Pasha said, it was it was a little bit expected. But of course, when, when you see the usual number one uh, uh, sitting on the bench, it's always a surprise. But uh, Pejman, what did you think of the decision to play Beylanland in such an important game at home? Uh, do you think there's an indication that he might be the you know Iran's number one uh, going further into the uh, into the qualification, or is it just a matter of having him not having a club at the moment and being a free agent and not having played any minutes uh, since the end of last season? Uh, I think it's your second opinion. Uh, I do believe that uh, Kaosh. Uh, have faith and trust in Hariri. But no matter how good you are, you need to have your minutes in your club. And he haven't been playing any 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 games. And he's now, uh, I think, uh, the only Iranian player in the squad without a club. Uh, it's not enough to be a good player. Uh, you develop during 90 minutes of the games. No matter how hard you train, the best development is to actually play those important games. So this is uh, uh, Carlos Harris for me being the most professional coach he can be. Even if you have your favorites, it's not enough to just be uh, a decent player or, or somebody that you like. You need to also do your very best and show that you can play every week uh, and uh, every weekend and, and uh, uh, actually produce something and or be be vital to your team. Uh, Beronan has been vital to his teams uh, and uh, both teams now he's in Persepolis and that's why he's got a, a first uh, option. If Harry will get a new club, a decent club in Europe and will start playing uh, regularly, I do believe that he will uh, once again start for the national team. I, I want to agree with you, but at the same time, the fact that he preferred uh, Ramin Rezaian at right-back over Vuriyak Afri, Ramin Rezaian, who, who uh, has had his, his problems after his move to Turkey and then he decided to terminate his contract, so he's not played uh, any regular football and right now he's a free agent, but he preferred him over Vuriyak Afri, who's been playing uh, every single game for SLR during the season. So do you think he's, he's contradicting himself there by, by making that choice? But for Ramin, it's only been like four games in the in the Iranian uh, league that he haven't played. Hariri haven't been played almost all last season. He played for Maritimo in a couple of useless games, and in one of them, those games, he let in six goals. So I believe that uh, Ramin Rezaian's and Ayala Hariri's uh, situations are quite different, and also he have some trust in. In Jezoyan, and in my opinion, I think Buria uh, Khafuri uh, isn't that good in his uh, uh, attacking play, and that's why he, he chose Jezoyan because what I believe is that Kerj wanted to attack more from his side, but he probably miscalculated how Qatar would play because Jezoyan got under some heavy pressure, and I think that Khafuri would have. Uh, cope under that pressure much better. So it would be interesting to see how we will formate against uh, China playing Uriagafuri or Rezoyon, uh, or maybe even putting uh, Pejman Montazeri on that side and uh, putting in Uriaganji uh, in the middle. It would be interesting to see how we, he will deal with that. 
No, I completely agree with you. I think uh, in the previous round we saw uh, Jahan Baksh and Rezaian having a, a good, a good uh, partnership down the right. And I thought that's also partly, for me, that was partly the reason why he played Ptolemy on the left to, uh, to provide support for Osmond for the crosses that were coming in from the right. But I think you were right. I think he miscalculated how dangerous Atar are from the left. But anyway, moving on from the lineup. Um, Listen, I mean, the final result was a 2-0 win. Uh, if you would have uh, told me before the game that we would win 2-0, most of us would have 100% took it and would have probably said it would have been a good performance for us to win 2-0. But that wasn't really the case, was it? Bobak, do you think the result is, is a little deceiving in terms of the performance? Do you think uh, we have a lot to improve on, certainly going into the game against China? Well, I definitely think so. There's a lot to improve on from... Some of the selection choices, like uh, Ramin Rezaian, who I think was the root cause of a lot of uh, Qatar's uh, good opportunities. He was being sliced open, uh, either overtaken or the through ball between him and uh, the centre-back towards him. So I think I would really think twice about playing Ramin Rezaian in the away games or in games where we're going to be under pressure, like against Korea and possibly China away now. Uh, Taremi as well, the experiment there didn't work out well. So overall, I think that uh, both selection-wise and then performance-wise were maybe the players. I'm not sure about Carlos Kirosh underestimating Qatar, but uh, I think Iranians by nature felt confident that's a home game against Qatar. We always beat them, let's say, or we don't lose to them at least. We'll pick three points. But the players, I think they underestimated how tough Qatar would be because that performance from Qatar was one of the best away performances by a team that is, on paper, not as good as us. We need to give them credit. So uh, not often do you see a team of that caliber coming to Iran in front of 100,000 people. It wasn't in half-empty Azadi Stadium. And dominate the game, in my opinion, at least for the first 60 minutes uh, or so. They, they had good possession. They had good passing interplay. They created maybe not too many... Uh, clear-cut opportunities for the kind of, uh, let's say, dominance in inverted brackets that you may uh, call it. But overall, they were impressive, and they showed a lot of signs that they will cause a lot of other teams uh, trouble. At first five, six minutes, I was very shocked at how quickly Qatar started the game, and it took us a bit, uh, or maybe I could say first 10, 15 minutes, uh, because we may have started just on the right foot, but then Qatar took the ball and took control of the game. And then... Going towards the second half, I expected Kirush to have given a rollicking to the players, but Qatar came out even better than they started the first half. So uh, it was very key that we didn't concede goals. They didn't create such as much clear-cut opportunities as you would have thought, and we probably had the better chances throughout the game, at least in terms of Aliraza Jahanbach's uh, early effort in the first half, I think, where he could have uh, passed Osmoon in. And then on the second half, you had Ansari Fad and then obviously our goals. So overall, I think there's a lot where we can improve on. Our passing, we went back to the old days where we couldn't get three passes in a row uh, together. And then the tempo, while it started better towards the second half, again, we started to go slow and then lethargic and then long balls trying to get openings for Jahan Bash or Osmoon, who was very, very isolated. I felt uh, the space between uh, defense, uh, the first, let's say the back five and the front, uh, let's say six, was quite uh, heavy. So... Uh, 
you, you had a lot of empty space. But Qatar's two defensive midfielders or central midfielders, they were high up and they would collect a lot of the balls, the second balls in the middle of the pitch. So I think uh, the game against China, we better improve. Otherwise, we may not come out with uh, even a point. Pasha, as, as Bobak just said, uh, the first 15-20 minutes we, we started brightly. But uh, watching the game, it felt like the players were uh, slightly nervous. And I think as the game went on, they were getting frustrated and, uh, frustrated and panicking. Do you think that was the case? Do you think that could partly be the reason for, for the poor performance uh, before our first goal in the third minute of other time? You know, I think like with... Obviously, with Qatar and you know their you know coach right now, Carrero, you know you could tell they're very prepared. But um, as we all know, with the problems we have within Team Medley, I don't think we were honestly prepared. Even with the camp they had in Italy, most of those players were pretty much on trial. You know, even it was under closed doors. So these guys don't get a lot of opportunities. You know, playing together. You know, and um, I believe that when we were watching the match, you could see that the players were trying to force everything they could possibly do. There was no tempo, there was no cohesion, you know, nobody was connected really, you know. Uh, thankfully, only Jalal Hosseini and um, Montazeri were being solid. Dejago was trying to do everything he could, but as we know, even Bobak has mentioned before, you know, he doesn't have the legs, he doesn't have the pace anymore to play on the wing, so the 10 was predominantly all he could do. But even the midfield, and with Taimuri and Azatulai, and, you know, with our... You know, front four, you know, it was very poor. You know, everything was disconnected. Now, usually we know that with Iran, usually when they start off, you know, in the World Cup qualifying campaigns, they it's not like a rapid start. It's not anything live. It's not something that we're, like, all amazing. It's usually we always expected to, you know, have a poor start. And as we all know, when Kairos, four years ago, that's how it all started. And there was a time that he was about to get sacked, I believe, during the Oman match or I think that was one of the friendly matches that everybody was getting worried. And he changes tactic-wise, and then we went on to, you know, getting to the World Cup. Um, it's always, this these kind of situations happen with Iran, but I never expected us to be, you know, so disjointed, you know, in the team. But um, honestly, looking forward to how we're going to line up, because things need to be changed. And for going back to the Gafuri situation, I feel like Gafuri is way too attack-minded for, you know, a manager like Carlos Queiroz, you know, the Portuguese, you know, philosophy that he has. I think Ramin Rezaian covers the defensive work really well, too. But as we know, even Haj Safi and him were exposed, you know. And if they had a clinical, you know, interplay, Qatar did, we would have lost. If this was against the South Korean match, we would have lost. But um, nonetheless, you know, there's a lot of improvements need to be done. Um, but hopefully, I believe that um, Kirish will fix these problems. But it's very, very, um, at the moment, it was not impressing at all. But um, I do believe that um, things will change, but it's just a matter of, better sooner than later because if it was any other team we would have lost this match and um, even if we got a point against Qatar that still would have been a loss for us they came to Azadi trying to get at least a point um, but as we saw even they brought Afif on you could tell that they were trying to go for the win and that's very worrying some for a country like Iran because um, we forced it we did win but it was nothing to be proud of um, for a country like us and um, hopefully that these going to be worked. But the team was very disjointed. I think we were just forcing everything. There was no football, really. It was just a matter of fact that we just got lucky. And, um, you know, as football, that's the cruel reality of football. Sometimes luck happens. So, yeah. Pejman, uh, going into the game, one of the partnerships that I was uh, really look, looking forward to seeing was uh, the partnership of Andrani Taimurian and, 
and Ezatolai in midfield because uh, for me that might be the midfield partnership that we'll see if we do qualify for the 2018 World Cup. And uh, so, how did you how did you think they did in this game? Uh, I mean, Ezatolai of course is really young and. Andranik is the captain experience. On paper, it looks like it could be a great combination. But uh, how well did you think uh, the, that partnership uh, worked in midfield? Um, it, it's kind of hard to say because uh, it's too early to make any uh, to give any real answers on how on how the partnership would be in the future. I think we need at least four, five, six games with Andu uh, and. Uh, uh, and that's why they're playing together. But if we're just going to take the game against Qatar, uh, I would say it's an okay partnership. Um, they both are kind of physical in their uh, way of playing, in their style. Ezatolai uh, is a strong guy. He's kind of big. Uh, he's not afraid of going into uh, uh, harsh duels and uh, showing it's, uh, he wants to take the ball. But uh, he's also not that fast. And uh, in the game, he gave, a, he gave away a couple of free kicks. That if, we would, if some of the better teams would play against, would pinpoint uh, Ezetaloi because of his lack of speed, uh, he will get in trouble. Uh, that's the difference with him and, uh, and Andu. Andu is also maybe not that fast anymore, but with his experience, uh, he knows uh, when to do what. Uh, therefore, uh, but if we want to go back to, to your question, I do believe that uh, they are probably the best options we have right now. But I'm still very interested to see how Shojo Yon can uh, can. Uh, Two weeks, maybe even as that Oloi. Uh, why not? These two young players have the future ahead of them. So we'll have to see. I, I would like to say I was a little bit disappointed in Ezatolai. I thought he went a little bit missing during the game when you, you need your mid, central midfield to stamp their authority, get the ball, start to spread it around. I felt he was a little bit maybe overwhelmed. Uh, uh, in the middle of the game, you know, you couldn't see him really like pushing in, trying to get the ball back, and then trying to dominate, dictate tempo, reduce it maybe, to control the game for a little bit. I felt that he could have, could have done, should have done more. I know he's young, but he's already played for the national team at least what seven, eight games already, and he's been playing for Rostov and Champions League games too. So I expected a little bit more from him in this game because. He definitely has the quality, and when he was spraying the pass around, you could see the quality and the range in his passing. But uh, I hope to see a bit more from him in the coming games. Yeah, I think he's he's a he's a really young player, and of course we know uh, about his, his about how talented he is. So I think uh, just with time and, and the more games he gets of this caliber, because it's it's not easy playing at home with so much expectations in, in the heart of midfield. So I think we can definitely expect more in the near future. But the last point I wanted to make um, about the game against Qatar is is that this time four years ago, uh, we didn't have much strength in depth. We were crying out for a centre-forward, uh, for some quality on the pitch. But now that's not the case anymore. We, we've seen the younger generation coming through. Uh, we had so many strikers on the bench. And it was those substitutions and, and those changes that really... Um, 
got us through the line. And even though, yes, the goal was a, a mistake from their goalkeeper, but it was a combination of Ansari Farda and Uchar Najat, the two substitutes that made the first goal. Um, how important do you think that is going further into the competition? Because uh, there will be injuries, there will be players missing, but uh, at least we know we've got uh, good enough players uh, players on the bench who can step up and, and, and do a job. Do you think uh, that can be crucial going further and further into the qualifications, uh, Pasha? Yeah, so so far in my lifetime, I've never even seen Iran to have such a strong bench. You know, the amount of options we have defensive-wise, midfield-wise, and attack-wise, as we saw today. So he changed it immediately to a 4-4-2, uh, you know, trying to put as much as pressure he could do with uh, Karim and Gucci. It's going to be, we need depth, you know, in all these tournaments, we need depth um, in order to try to succeed. Um, if injuries happen and whatnot, um, players fatigue, you know, so it's just a matter of fact that um, how to get all these players on the same wavelength. I think is the hardest thing with Carlos Coyarosh. And thankfully, as we saw, Gucci Najat has been clutch for us in many, many games. South Korea, in the Asian Cup against Iraq, um, you know, against Qatar. And um, it just shows how vital he was. And, um, you know, but um, depth is one of the key important points for us. Bobak, what do you think? I agree. I think uh, you, 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 your question was very, very... Uh, important. Uh, four years ago, we really were struggling to put out 11 quality players and we were worried about what's coming next and what's the next generation of Iranian footballers. But we've been, first of all, lucky that there's continuity in terms of Kirosh continuing with the same group of players or the core and watching their development and then getting quality players like Sardar Azmoun, which is a huge surprise for us. Aliraza Jaumbach, these are players who would have taken one of them if uh, instead of having two or three like Said Ezzatolai as well and then there's youngsters like Reza Karimi coming through who may may you never know play a part towards the World Cup so we've got now a lineup where in terms of goal we have probably two good goalkeepers we've got uh, a third center back coming through in Mortazapur Ali Ganji uh, two right backs of which okay maybe they're not both defensively very sound and then on the left hand side which I still feel is a big problem you've got me a uh, Mohammadi who could knock on Hajsafi's uh, door allowing him to move forward and then on the wings again you have probably two for each position you've got uh, Masoud Chojai who's still in the squad you've got a central midfield where Omid Ebrahimi could easily slot in for one of the two and up front you've got three strikers now who are probably all uh, of a level which is good enough in Asia. So I think we have a decent squad and uh, it's going to be important because this qualification campaign is going to be very long and uh, tight. Completely, I completely agree. And on the back of that, uh, Pejman, uh, we, we've had a long trip to, uh, we'll be making a long trip to China uh, to play them on Tuesday. The Chinese played against South Korea in Seoul um, on Thursday and uh, they narrowly lost 3-2 after being down 3-0 and they managed to bring it back to 3-2 in the final 20 minutes and give the South Koreans a bit of a, uh, you know, give them a, a nervous uh, final 15 minutes. Um, so on the back of that, talking of the squad and the, and the strength in depth, um, do you think there'll be any changes uh, to the lineup uh, playing against China? 
Yeah, I think so. And before I, I talk about that, uh, we, we have to praise uh, Qatar, although it's hard for Iranians to, to like uh, the Arabian teams in, in the Persian Gulf. Qatar did it really well, and uh, we have to praise them. And no matter what nationality their players actually have, uh, they played really good against uh, Iran in a, uh, out of the stadium that was cheering for Iran in, in 90 minutes. So all respect to them. Uh, talking about... Uh, uh, the changes, as we said before, I hope that uh, we look over the Rezoyan uh, situation. Uh, the Chinese, maybe, in my opinion, they're not as strong as Qatar, but we're playing away, and China have a young, interesting squad. Um, I read some about them, and uh, they, they can. If they want to progress or do not want to be in the World Cup, this is their, uh, their time. Uh, but uh, for me, I would say Rezoyan out, uh, either Afuri in, or taking uh, Pejman and Montadeli to, to the, uh, uh, taking his place and uh, Pula Ganji uh, playing in the middle. Also, Taremi had a tough game. I believe that Torabi will be a good uh, substitution for him. And I believe that Dejaga uh, will, won't be fit for that game. So we'll probably have another place there uh, free. And that's a tough one. Do we want to play Masood? Uh, do you want to play Torabi and Taremi? I doubt it. I hope that we won't see Amiri playing from start because uh, he, have, uh, he, he haven't improved, in my opinion, even moving to Perspolis. Uh, but we, we, have to, we have to see. But I think we'll have to see at least two changes. That's Taremi and the Zion. Pasha, for me, this will be a very, very tough game because uh, it's always difficult for us to, to go to East Asia and, and, uh, and get a, a great result. But we're playing a Chinese side who have just lost to South Korea and uh, they know they will have to give this a game a go if they want to stay uh, in the race for, uh, for automatic qualifications to the World Cup. Um, so that kind of makes me feel like uh, Kairosh will be a lot more conservative mm-hmm. uh, approaching the game, especially because uh, I don't feel like he will want to lose the game and uh, he, he, he would want to at least get a point away from home, which, which would be a valuable point. So uh, are you expecting in terms of tactics and in terms of the way we approach the game, do you think uh, Kairosh will make uh, massive and drastic changes? Um, I don't think there will be drastic changes. It's just that the setup that China has, predominantly you could say that it's very hard to break down in, t- in terms of if we don't counterattack pretty well. Um, but at the same time, I think what I had right now is that I know Dejaga, like we said, might be probably out, and I think Shojai will slide in there. But interesting enough, I think that um, Milad Mohamedi will start. I think he will start left back, and I will see Haj Safi left wing. And um, and right wing obviously Andrews or John Max. I just feel like for it won't be anything drastic changes. I don't think Kairos is going to be too defensive in this match, um, you know. But I do believe that if in order for us to you know break down you know like a country like China, and Bayramban is probably one of our key players. And I say that not just because he's a goalkeeper, but because of how like a goalkeeper with that long throws he does that could easily help us when the counter attacking plays that he tried to do numerous of times against Qatar, but we. On, we definitely didn't succeed in doing that, um, but I don't think he'll make anything drastic changes into the sense that we're going to be way too defensive-minded. Obviously, as we know, Kairos is always going to be conservative in some sense, 
But I do believe that there's going to be some defensive changes, and I think we might actually see Milad Mohamedi. I don't think we'll see Tarimi or Dejaga, um, but I definitely think we might see Haidtsev either on left wing, and I think Massa will sh- uh, slot in at 10. What about uh, from what I've heard and the, the formations and the lineups that I've seen, China tends to play with a back three or a back five, however you want to look at it. And that's not really a common tactic uh, to face in Asia. And I, I can't remember a, a team that we played and we had to face a back three. So how do you, what do you think is the, is the right approach to this, to this, uh, to this type of uh, formation and tactic? If they're playing with a back three, uh, I, to be honest, I haven't read the, I haven't uh, watched any of the game against South Korea. But if they are playing with a back three, then it would need Jahan Bakhsh and whoever plays on the left to support Osmoon far more than they have before. Otherwise, he would be very isolated. And I think that uh, someone like Kafuri or Rezaion on the other side could overlap and uh, cause their defense trouble. It's not common in Asia right now, as we know. Uh, most teams seem to play with a back four, but uh, I don't see us changing our style or formation or system, whatever you want to call it, to combat that. I would be highly surprised if Hirosh lines up in any other way than we have seen in recent uh, recent times. But it will be interesting to see how two different uh, systems go up against each other. So I'm very curious to see how it plays out. And I hope that Sardar Azmoun has more support than he had against uh, Qatar. So just before we wrap up the uh, the podcast, I would like to know uh, your predictions uh, for this game against China. Uh, for me, I think getting a point away from uh, from home is, is great. That means we've, we've We've had uh, four points out of the first two games. It's a good start, uh, but uh, I would like to know what uh, what you guys think, Pejman. Well, uh, it's really hard. Uh, usually, Iran have good stats against China, and we're supposed to be the better team. But as you mentioned before, China uh, don't want to lose uh, another game, especially at home. This will be probably their hardest uh, home game, maybe the game against uh, South Korea. But I, I, I have to admit, uh, I will be happy with a draw if Iran managed to play the way that we've seen Iran play. Because then I know that uh, the game against Qatar was something that was due to lack of, uh, I don't know, concentration or something. So uh, a draw for me is good if Iran manages to, to actually play good. Pashal, I'm going to come to you until uh, we, we get uh, Bob back again. Uh, what mm-hmm. will your prediction be for this game? I think we'll nick it um, one nothing. Um, I think it will be a very difficult match. Um, I still don't see us you know, improving drastically in the sense that, oh, like middle of the night, our footballing sets is going to be amazing. But I think we'll barely win it one nothing. Um but I don't see us dropping or losing to them. But I do see us maybe drawing. Um, so just before I uh, wrap up this uh, this podcast, uh, we've had a question on, on Twitter from uh, from one of our, our listeners uh, asking, would Carlos Queiroz be our manager in uh, in 2018? And is he happy in the position? And this question was from uh, Tom Samari. Pejman, would you like to answer? Um, well... The amount of times Kairos has said that he will leave national the national team is uh, I've lost count now so it's 
been uh, like a uh, boring drama because it doesn't get attention anymore. I do believe that his aim is to stay in Iran and take the team to another national to another World Cup. If him being happy, um, I don't know because every time every time he talks about the federation, um, he doesn't seem to be happy uh, about uh, how they act and their performance against him. But I do believe that he will stay. Uh, he won't get fired because then the federation will have to pay him. And we all know that the federation lacks uh, of some uh, stability in the economic department. So I think he will stay as long as he wants, as long as he gets the results. I think some of his concerns were also about the kits and, and the and the training camps, which I think obviously with the uh, with the potential deal with Adidas would remove some of his concerns. And uh, with the training camps we've been holding in Italy, I think uh, he would uh, he would be content at the moment. But uh, Pasha, what do you think? Do you think he'll he'll remain as our manager if we do qualify uh, for the 2018 World Cup? Um, we know with Kairos and the Federation, we have everything so sporadic that, you know, you never know, maybe after the China match, he, just, he, he, he decides he wants to leave, you know. But as you guys have pinpointed, everything has been going well. Um, he might We might getting that great deal with Adidas, but maybe the pitch hopefully will get fixed too for training camp. And on Azadi, at the moment, we could all say that he's happy. You know, we all know that he knows how much Iranians love him, but it's just um, Kairos and the Federation are, are both have very sporadic behaviors and any sense he could decide to leave or threaten to leave. So I guess this is a good question to leave towards maybe end of the qualifying campaign. But at the moment, I think that Kairos will remain. But if we do qualify, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he decides that, okay, I got Iran to the World Cup. Um, and then I'll decide to leave and let somebody else take my place. But at the moment, I think Kairos is going to be our manager. Well, you know, talking about the World Cup, that, that sounds like such a long time away uh, with the qualifications having just started. But uh, thank you, Pejman, Pasha and Bobak for your contributions. Uh, that is the end of our podcast. Um, uh, as some of you may know, may know, we play China uh, on Tuesday, uh, the time of the match will be 1.30 p.m. Central European time for any of you that's uh, interested to watch the game. Um, we'll be back after the game against China to, to review the game. Hopefully it'll be a win and, and six points from the first two games. But until then, uh, thank you for listening. And if you have any comments, suggestions, then please tweet us uh, at Golbezan. And that's G-O-L-B-E-Z-A-N. Thank you for listening and goodbye.